Good morning. Welcome to the bridge. We're so thankful that you're here today and grateful for this opportunity to speak God's word uh, in spirit and in truth as what he has asked us to do. We are in our series known as the Generational Gap and hopefully and prayerfully uh, something said here today will uh, bless you and bless uh, your heart and your soul and your mind to keep us on the path of heading towards Christ and heading towards Jesus. Can you hear? Good to go. Good to go. That was my test run. We're good. Um, generational gaps. In a world of divisions, we're prone to naturally divide, but the God of heaven and earth is a uniter. And we're thankful that his spirit unites across all racial lines, all generational lines, anything that comes to divide us according to age group or any of those things, even political parties, I believe, can be united under the banner of Jesus, that he loves us in spite of ourselves, that he loved us while we were yet sinners. In our own humanity, that's what we are as sinners, and we are born into sin, we live in sin, and then we accept Jesus as our Savior. He cleanses us from sin, and then we go on throughout life in our humanity. As long as we're breathing air here, we have the capability of sinning once again, and then we wake up every morning to his mercy being new every day. His grace abounds in our life. We're thankful for that because we need it to get through this life that we're living. And generational gaps is something we want to talk about, and looking through the Bible for a verse that kindly leads us on this as our text and our general theme for generational gaps. I want us to look in Malachi in the Old Testament. So if you take your Bibles, uh, turn in the center of your Bible there to where the, the Old Testament ends and the New Testament begins. And as you look on the last page of the Old Testament, I want us to read the last two verses of the Old Testament. It's in Malachi chapter 4. Verses 5 and 6. What a beautiful day. Amen. How awesome is this? That I wore my hoodie this morning thinking I was going to get out here and have to uh, freeze out. But thank God for uh, the sunshine. And I can't preach too long because my head will get sunburnt. And Leslie told me I didn't bring my hat. And uh, if when you don't have hair, that's a problem you got to watch for. But we're going to get through this day. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. This is a prophet of the Old Testament speaking to a generation in which he was living. And he was prophesying about a day that would come. He said, Behold, this is God speaking to the nation of Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And, verse 6, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. I thank God that this verse in verse 6 says that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. That that is something that we need in our life and in our generation and in the world in which we're living. That we need God to come and turn our hearts towards each other and not away from each other. That he would bring us into a place where that we would understand 
and walk in the shoes of others. And they say that, you know, you've got to walk a mile in someone's shoes to truly know what they're facing. And as we see that and know that, we need to be mindful of that, that in Scripture that God wants to turn our hearts towards the next generation. And he wants that next generation to turn their hearts towards the fathers, that they could pay attention, that they would receive godly counsel. The Bible tells us that in a multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. We need the future generation, the present generation, and the past generations to speak into our generation and into the next generation. It needs to go beyond just us living for ourselves and seeing and knowing that God wants to work through us for His glory and for His kingdom. And as a church, that's what I want us to do as the Bridge Church, is to be a people that seeks God with all of our being, with everything that we are, that we expect Him to come and unite and not divide. And as Malachi is prophesying this, I can just imagine from his perspective of living in the Old Testament and living as a prophet to the nation of Israel. And he had seen and known and read through the Old Testament. He had read all the way through all the things that had happened throughout history. And he knew and he saw that how that God raised up a nation of Israel that he promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses come along and all these leaders, King David, King Saul, all of them had come through history. And Malachi knew these things and he saw how that God promised them a land. He promised them a place to abide, to take up residence, somewhere for them to receive and own as their own. And as he saw these things, he could also go throughout the Old Testament and he could see where the divisions happened, where that there was a kingdom, where that God had came and united them and caused them to be a nation under one king. And then just a few generations later, as kingdom divided against kingdom, because they didn't want to get along after King Solomon, they didn't pay attention to the previous generation. They didn't pay attention to godly counsel. And they decided to do it their way. And the next thing you know, the kingdom of Israel was divided into two different distinct kingdoms. How sad is that, that God wanted to unite, but humans wanted to divide. And we're no different than those generations. In our humanity, we automatically are prone to divide. Our human nature takes over. And whenever it does that, we attempt to divide. Can somebody say amen that that's the truth? That you've seen that in your own life? That you saw whenever God, you take him out of the equation, you begin to divide and segregate yourself and do different things that tears you apart from each other. Families will be divided. Homes will be divided. If we get our sight and our focus off of God, the devil will always come to kill steal and destroy it's john 10 10 but in that same exact verse it goes on to say but god has come to give you life and life more abundantly and i promise you this as a christian that if you will serve him with your whole heart that you will see him unite and bring life to dead areas in your life so you may have been divided for in this situation you may be exempt from certain uh, parts of your family and you've seen division and you don't like it and you come in his kingdom and you give your life to him. 
I ask you today to pray and say, God, unite, restore, bring back restoration in your kingdom, God. Bring back my home to be a home that's united and brings glory to your name. He seeks that out of us. He is asking that of us today. And these generational gaps that I'm speaking about, we can see in our time that we're living that generation is against generation because the enemy knows if he can divide us, he'll conquer us. We cannot let that happen. We cannot as a church allow that to happen in our community. We got to be present. We got to be on the front line. Pastor Wells preached that message a few weeks ago. We need to stand there willing and able and saying, I will be part of the solution. I do not want to be part of the problem. And as Malachi is thinking these things, can you imagine this Old Testament prophet is the final words of the Old Testament. The final two verses that we just read of the Old Testament. And God gave him the words to speak before there was a silent period before the New Testament began, before Jesus shows up on the scene. And can you imagine this Old Testament prophet prophesying these words? I will come, I will come, and I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and I will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. This was a time and a season where he had to be so caught up in the spirit to say, wow, only God can bring back unity where the world wants to tear us apart. God can only unify a nation that will exalt him. We as a country have to turn our eyes towards him. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for our elected officials. We need to pray, God, unite us as a nation and as a world. His kingdom is a lot bigger than just the United States. I'm confident in saying that. We've got missionaries all over the world today that's going and preaching this morning this same gospel message that we're preaching, that's saying God is coming to turn the hearts from one generation to the next and the next generation to the previous generation. I hope and pray that we can sense that today. As I was looking through the, the Bible here and, and I'm seeing how that we've read the last couple of weeks starting in Easter, this generational gap message series, how that God wanted to unite us. And we told the story about John the Baptist and God sending a forerunner named Elijah, who the Old Testament prophet spoke about, that Malachi described, and how that he did come on the scene, and it was fulfilled what God had said. You need to hear this. If God said it, so be it. Amen? If we allow God's word to be true in our life, we will see him move in our generation. If we will believe this Bible is true and we believe that the words on these pages are the gospel of Jesus Christ, it will transform our life and we will become a new creature in Christ Jesus and we will change in an instant when we give our life to him. John the Baptist shows up on the scene. Jesus comes through, being baptized by him. Next thing you know, John the Baptist in the prison, we talked about it last week, and he, he, he had to call out and said, go ask him. He began to doubt. When he was sitting in a prison cell and it looked like all gloom and doom, he began to take a, a, a notice of what was wrong. He got his eyes off of the focus of God the Heavenly Father being the person that came through the body of the Jesus Christ and he got his eyes off of that. He was no longer focused. He was looking at the walls around him. He was looking at the guarded gates. 
He was looking at the chains on his hands. And it's the same way in our life. Whenever the enemy comes and whenever we end up in bad situations and everything isn't hunky-dory and it's not a, a bed of roses that we're laying in and life happens, it's easy to lose focus. Can anybody say amen? It's easy to lose focus. So Jesus tells John the Baptist, go tell him. The blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. You are serving a God that can do anything but fail. And John the Baptist had to hear those words from his disciples. And I can imagine the Holy Ghost revival that happened in a jail cell. It don't matter your circumstances. It doesn't matter what you're going through. The God of heaven is sitting on the throne and the devil cannot take him out. I believe that with all my heart. Matthew 12, I want to read you these verses. This is Jesus after he preached for several years. And the Pharisees and Sadducees began to try to tear him down. It was the religious leaders that divided when Jesus was walking this earth in the flesh. Don't let that ever be said of us. Amen. As the Bridge Church, I want us to be a church that represents Jesus and Jesus alone. I do not want to be known as a church that represents a certain doctrine. I don't want to be a church that represents just one scripture or one little ideology that we have. But I want to be a church that seeks first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then these things will be added to us. We need to seek and find him while he may be found. But Matthew 12 verse 22, I want to start here and read these verses. It says, Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and could not speak was brought to Jesus. That happens in the natural, but there's a spiritual component of what's being spoke about right here. This man was possessed by a demon. Jesus wasn't afraid. Amen. God is not afraid of the enemy trying to control your life. The God that we serve has all the power in heaven and earth. Jesus said, I've got that power. The Father has given it to me. He takes dominion over the enemy of our souls. So this demon-possessed man couldn't get out on his own terms. His family couldn't get him out of the situation. But they come in contact with a man named Jesus that transformed his life in an instant. The second we come to know Jesus, the old ways are passed away, and behold, all things are becoming new. Amen. Jesus seen this guy he was blind he couldn't speak he was demon possessed and they brought him to Jesus and it says he healed the man so that he could both speak and see not everybody's happy when you get set free I could I, can anybody testify to that amen some of your old friends they're not happy when you go to posting about what Jesus has done in your life. They don't like it when you begin to tell them. The truth is, I was set free. I was bound. I was in chains. And now I'm set free. They don't like it very much. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. That's amazing. What he couldn't do, now he could do because Jesus met up with him. The crowd was amazed and asked, Could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees... 
heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, amen, Jesus knows it all, don't he? He knows our beginning. He knew us before we was formed in our mother's womb, the Old Testament says. He knows us. He knows the hair of our head. He knows everywhere our foot shall tread. He knows everything about us, church. And they said Jesus is casting out demons because the demons are helping him to do that. How crazy is the philosophy of this world? If we pay attention to what all the philosophers all these other things say to us, and we believe their words more than this word, we'll end up as men most miserable. We will end up in trouble because we will be second-guessing the Word of God. I love the message that Dusty preached there several months ago and had us to interact together and how that God showed us that His Word is true. Jesus knew the thoughts replied, Is any kingdom divided against by itself in a civil war is doomed. Then this is the New Living Translation. It says a town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. A town or a family that is splintered by feuding will fall apart. These are wise words that Jesus is speaking. We need to take heed to what he's saying. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too. So they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. God is present with us today. God, through His Holy Spirit, empowers us and boldens us today to take on the message of Jesus and take it to the world in which we're living. He's here. He's with you. He's with me. He's with all those listening online. He's with all those hearing this message through these speakers. God is here to help us. He's not here to divide us. He's here to unite us. Verse 29, for who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and plunder his house. Verse 30, anyone who isn't with me and opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which shall never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. Verse 33, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For wherever your heart determines and what you say, a good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give up an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. 
the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. When we read these words and this message that Jesus is preaching to that generation, it also applies to us. It applies to us here and now. Jesus is telling us that he wants to unite us and he doesn't want to divide us. If God be for us, who can be against us? And as I think about this message and this sermon series and how that we as a community and we as a state and we as a nation and we that are in the world need to be preaching a message that Jesus preached of unity. The need to be preaching a message and let every idle word that we speak, let it be registered in our mind that we know someday when I'm standing before that judgment seat, I'm going to give account for what I'm saying. I intend today to say as a church, I will speak blessing and not cursing. I will be the person that stands up and says, unify, do not divide. As a church, let us be the same way. Yesterday, I was asked to come and pray over the Little League event, the season opener for the Little League of Lewis County. I consider that a special blessing. I was praying. Leslie's singing, take me out to the ball game. Yeah, take me out to, I'm not singing. I'll, I'll mess that up. I don't even know all the words. But it'll be okay. But I want to thank the Bridge Church as a group of people that is not only speaking words and trying to declare things through what we say, we actually put it into action. We actually go forward and try to unite and not divide. We as a church are seeking God while he may be found. And sometimes that is even done in community events. Because guess what? If we don't show up, we can't take Jesus with us. But if we'll go show up, we can take God with us. Amen? That the world needs to hear this gospel message. And as we go, we need to represent him in what we're doing. And I thank God that Megan Kegley volunteered to step up and say, you know, I will serve. And she's serving as the league president this year, as the church, as representing our church. But she's doing it representing the kids at the Little League. I'm so grateful for her being willing to do that. And as a church, once she took on that position, I was like, well, she's going out there and she's representing God. She's trying to do the right things. Is she perfect? No. I think Megan would be the first one to tell you that. She was a nervous wreck yesterday. But everybody that tries to criticize, it's easy to stand back and do nothing and criticize somebody's trying to do something. In the world we're living in, isn't that common? 
People, people will take the macro and say everything that's wrong. Well, they're, they're not a good leader. They need to do this. And they need to do that. And I think they should do this. And I think they should do that. And that's just like these Pharisees was to Jesus. He was out there healing people, and the Pharisees was all, oh, no, just he needs to do it this way. You can't do it on Sunday. You can't do it that way. They're telling him 15 reasons why he can't when God said, I come because I can. I thank God for people that will step up and serve as leaders because the world needs more servant leaders. When you take a leadership position, you're not doing it for power. You should be doing it to serve. And I thank God that it's not only Megan, but there's many others among us. There's umpires. There's coaches, there's parents, there's leaders, there's one serving behind the scenes. We'll have people, I'm sure, working concessions, doing all the different stuff to make sure that the next generation, that to make sure there's no gaps between me and them. And if they want to go play ball, I want to go be a part of it. Amen? I want to be a pastor that serves kids as much as I serve parents. I want to serve grandparents. I want to serve every generation to say that there is no division among us. The New Testament says that. Let there be no division among you. If somebody rich walks in, don't give them a front seat. Don't save them a special place. We're all the same. That's the gospel that we're being a part of. And I thank God for you people from the bridge that's out there serving your community. And I assure you this. Do it. Represent the kingdom. And God will be with you. God will go with you. You'll see Him move in your midst. And his opening day happened yesterday, and I just stood around there and just paying attention and trying to be present in the moment. I witnessed a unified Lewis County be present for the Lewis County Little League. It was amazing. There was parents. I looked over, and there's parents standing there with kids. Some parents may have been working. I seen grandparents standing there with kids. I seen, you know, uh, kids supporting other kids. I've seen different races of kids being on the same team and having their arms linked around each other and knowing that they could serve God in their community and there's no division among them. Little kids, it's just amazing to me sometimes. We need to be like them. Sometimes we can get into even not only racism and being divided by races, we can be divided by gender. Out at the racetrack last night, I was standing there and went up to the concession stand finally to get me a, something to eat. And I was standing there, and there was this little girl walked up, and they handed her a whole big pail of pickles. And me being me, I stood there and thought, what's wrong with this kid? Yuck. I do not like pickles. Any pickle fans out there? Heaven help you. I don't know about all that. But they have pickles, and she's... She got this big, I mean, I don't know how many pickles in there. It was a lot. And she was sitting there, and she had those pickles. And then another parent walked up and was up at the counter and uh, sitting there, and a little boy was with her. And that little girl shared some of her pickles with that little boy. And I just stood there in awe thinking, how much should we as adults mirror that image in our generation so that the next generation knows it's okay to love each other. And as we look at that, 
she was willing to share. And I'm asking you today, are you willing to share? You see, Jesus was walking through those crowds, and he had the power to heal. He had the power to set these people free. And as he's seen this demon-possessed man, he didn't keep walking. He didn't just walk on by and say, well, maybe next time. He stopped and served this man. And this man was set free that day. He was healed. He was able to speak. And it's amazing, the pictures that we see through the New Testament of this forerunner, John the Baptist, saying, there is one coming after me that will be baptized with fire, and he will do great and mighty things, and it come to be. These kids go beyond all those boundaries. And at the same time, during the event, they, they begin to tell about all the sponsors that had sponsored these teams. And I'm grateful as a church, we was able to sponsor one of the Little League teams this year. And we come on as one of the Little League sponsors, and we got our banner up down there on the fields now. And, and, and the name of the Bridge Church is there. And it says, Faith, Hope, and Love. It's that simple. I hope and pray that this message of Jesus Christ is so simple that everybody can come into a relationship with Him. Amen? I do not want us to be a people that makes it hard for somebody to enter the kingdom. I want us to be like Jesus and say, all are welcome. All are included. Come on in. My house is a house that's filled with many. Come on. Be with me. And that's who we need to represent. And as I was there, and they began to tell about all these sponsors, and we was just one of them named, and they began naming through all these businesses. It just amazed me. It went on forever, it seemed like. This business, this business, this business, this business, this business. And they had them, you know, the little kids on their teams that wore their shirt with the name across the back of the team that, or the company that sponsored them. And the little kids would holler out, Woo! For their sponsor. What if we was as happy to scream for the ones that sponsored our salvation? What if we were as happy for the one that came down here and served, that brought his blood to this earth, that shed it for our sins, that we could be set free? How many out here today can give a good whoop whoop for Jesus? He's our sponsor today. He brought us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. I thank God for that. But these sponsors, there were so many names that I was just dumbfounded by it. Because we get so caught up in, wow, there's nothing here. We get so negative and complain how bad our life is. How bad this county is. It's falling apart. It's going to hell in a handbag. And we just we tend to lean in with everybody else. If that's what the world's speaking, shouldn't the church be speaking something different? Is that not what Jesus said? We should be different. So as we sit here today and I heard those messages all those businesses, I begin to thank God for those businesses. I begin to thank God that we live in a community of people that go out and they'll dream a dream and they'll bring it into fruition. That they didn't just sit back and say, well, we're just in a misblighted community I can't do anything. And a lot of them are Christian people. And a couple of them that I heard yesterday mentioned Tram construction. Terry Leemaster and how that Terry, you know, I, I've known him since I was a kid. I mowed his grass when I was a little feller that dad worked for him. And he paid into the next generation. He could have hired somebody older to mow his grass. He didn't do that. He paid me to do it. 
as a little kid. And I thank God for Terry. But Terry dreamed a dream. When the world tried to kick him down, and he ended up out of the railroad, he'd come to this point in his life where he had to determine, will God go with me, and will I live in abundance, or will I live in lack? He had to decide. And I thank God that he made a decision. I'm not going to stay in what the world wants me to be in. I'm going to serve Jesus, and he's going to bless whatever I put my hand to. Whatsoever my foot shall tread, he'll give me that region. And Terry dreamed a dream. And he built a great company, and it's doing great things, and it employs people. I'm not saying Terry Lee Master is perfect. I'm not putting him up on a pedestal and saying he's Jesus. He serves Jesus. I know he loves God. I've talked to him about it. I know where he goes to church. But he dreamed a dream, and he put feet to it. And it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish for our community in our county. Somebody else that was mentioned was Trace Creek and Sam Howard. I thank God for Sam, too, that he's become one of my friends. He's somebody that I can call, that I can bounce some things off of, and I thank God for his wisdom. He was born up the head of the holler in Trace Creek. A lot of people will say, well, that's out in the middle of nowhere. What good has ever come from Trace Creek? He comes in and comes into Lewis County, and next thing you know, whatever he, he comes down to the city, and he dreams a dream. And rather than just working for somebody else and making somebody else all the money, he decides one day, and he woke up one morning and said, well, if God be for me, who can be against me? And he steps out in faith and starts a business known as Trace Creek Construction. You see what the world says is no man's land. Turn it into something and watch and see what God will do. Dream a dream, church. Open up your mind today and say, whatever God wants me to do, that is what I'll do. I promise you this. He'll go with you, and he'll make it a success. People like Jim Meadows out Ribs Farm Center. Leslie went out there to an event yesterday. What a great business in our community that blessed those kids, that represents one of those little teams. They're a blessing to our community. And we can lean back and say there's nothing here, or we can turn our eyes towards Jesus and say, thank you for the blessings that you've already given Jesus. And don't stop there. Amen. Don't stop there. I pray that as we look out, that God will begin to cause something to happen on the inside of the people of Lewis County and our surrounding regions that said, if God be for me, who can be against me? How many is ready to see employment come to here? I hate it that so many of our people have to drive far away to go to jobs. So many of our very own here at the bridge they're out there serving in different capacities. And they have to travel and go so far. And it hurts families. And it should break our heart. Let's pray today. Let's open up our mind and say, God, we thank you for what you've already given us. But God, open up doors of success. Open up doors and give people dreams. Give people vision and let them move forward and put feet to the words they're saying. We need to be people who support the next generation. Because if there's dreams, this dream today. Terry Lee Master had dreamed that dream back in the middle 80s. It, it, success didn't happen overnight. It took a long time to see that come to pass. But if you'll stay with it, 
and you'll keep believing God and you keep trusting Him and you make wise decisions according to His Word and His principles, success will come. Godly success will come. So if we start dreaming today, it may be 20 years from now that the next generation gets to inherit the blessings that we dream today. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for, as a community, that we see God's work pass from generation to generation. Let's commit to that today, to speak blessings over our community. And you can just start with that very simply by saying, Lord, bless our community. Lord, bless our region. Lord, bless our state. Lord, bless our nation. And God, bless this world. And as we do that and we unite, I promise you, He will be on our team because we're on His. This is our promised land. Go and take your place in changing the world for Christ. Be His ambassador. Be His representative to your community. God is calling you today to go and do more than you've ever done before. We need to see Him move in our midst. This is the final thought, and I'm done. My voice is about gone. The devil supplies enough naysayers. I think there should have been a few more amens than that. I know we're, I know we're blowing a horn for an amen. Amen. There, the world supplies enough. I'm the enemy supplies enough naysayers. And we shouldn't be that as a church. That's what the Pharisees done. Let's be known as the Jesus people. Volunteering, serving, stepping up, being proactive, living in faith that God is with us. We are empowered by His Holy Spirit to make a difference in this world and we're living. A couple of years ago, I was driving to work, and I'd work up in Ashland every day. Because I don't like stopping at red lights, and I hit every one of them that I come across, I always cut across the bridge in Ashland and go down Route 52 and then come back across the Greenup Dam and down the double way. There's a lot of stuff going on in my life at that time, and I was going through a season where I didn't know the future and what it held. We all get there. There's seasons in this life. And I was driving across that bridge that day. And it's like the Spirit of God checked me and He said, Build bridges, not barricades. Build bridges, not barricades. And I was thinking about that for this altar call today. That that word come back to me. As a church known and got a name on the sign down there known as the bridge. This was prior to that. And it had nothing to do linked with that. This is something in my personal life. But God is saying today, build bridges. If you wear our shirt and you have it on your chest, bridge, faith, hope, love, it's that simple. Live it out. Put feet to your words. Don't let it be words on your chest. Let it be words of your mouth. Let it be on your feet as you're walking and representing His kingdom. Let it be known as I'm going to build a bridge. I'm tired of barricades. I'm tired of generational gaps. I'm tired of gaps segregating me and divisions in my life. I'm tired of my family being divided over different things. I'm ready for the uniter in chief to come. And his name is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's the one who sets free. He's the one who liberates. So if you would, I'd ask you to bow your heads today.
Right there in your car. I just want you to bow your heads. If you're watching online, unless you're driving, bow your head. And I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today through this message? What are you saying to me today through this message? And the reason I say that is because so many of you are in different places and different seasons and different trials and different times of your life. And the Holy Spirit can speak through the same message to resonate with your heart what He's saying to you today. Maybe He's calling you to be a dreamer. Maybe He's calling you to go and represent in greater ways than you ever had before. Maybe he's speaking to you today and saying serve like you've never served. Maybe he's speaking to you today and saying stop cursing and start blessing. I don't know what he's saying to you, but I know he's speaking. I know his word is true. And I just ask you today that you bow your head and everybody pray this prayer with me. Everybody, everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my faults. Forgive me for my failures. Jesus, I'm asking you to help me be your representative here on this earth. Help me to serve. Help me to bless. Help me to speak into the next generation. Help me to step up to the plate and begin to help and not hurt. God, I pray that you would help me to build a bridge and stop building barricades. That you would tear down the walls just like you did at Jericho. That you would bring freedom and liberty to those that are oppressed. Let me be an answer and not a problem through your power, through your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen.